Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be previewing the first part of Feast Week, which is the moniker that ESPN has given to college basketball when it is played Thanksgiving week and all the holiday tournaments and round robins and such that are played this week. So today we're going to be talking about everything that is happening Monday through Wednesday. We're going to be previewing three of the biggest tournaments and all of the teams that are in those three tournaments. The schedule for this week is going to be a little bit weird, y'all. Today we do have a college basketball preview. Uh, And honestly, I don't know what order I'm going to go in in terms of releasing the content, but I do want to talk about this week's NFL schedule. I do want to talk about this week's college basketball schedule, and I do want to talk about the second part of Feast Week because there are some pretty entertaining uh, holiday tournaments going on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. So look forward to doing all that on different podcast episodes. But like I said, I'm trying to figure out the best schedule to release them, so be patient. Pay attention to the podcast feed. Like I said, I've got content coming your way for college basketball, college football, NFL, and actually that's it for this week. There is no golf tournament this week. So um, that is the content for this week, y'all. As always, if you want my full DFS lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want more stats and facts, as well as any start, sit, lineup questions, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. More than happy to answer any and all questions, and I drop additional stats and facts that aren't always talked about on the podcast. All right, so that let's enough talking. Let's start talking some college basketball. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So the way that we're going to break down this podcast is we're going to go tournament by tournament and team by team. So. One thing that I do want to talk about is that like this is a preview for Monday through Wednesday. So if you find this podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday, guess what? All these teams are probably playing that day as well. So I'm going to give you some stats and some you know opinions that I believe are going to apply for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Now, one thing that I do want to also discuss is the fact that these holiday tournaments shape out a little bit differently. Um, I do coach high school basketball as well. So, you know, that's kind of like my career as a teacher and a coach. I, I do the podcasting on the side. So um, when we play in a holiday tournament, we look to get a little bit more into our rotation. We're not trying to burn the legs of the starters and play anybody major minutes because they're going to have to play on back-to-back-to-back days. So you might see some teams that, you know, go a little bit more into the bench, get a little bit more minutes out of the bench. The other approach is to um, slow the tempo down. You know, obviously, this is not something that I would recommend, but, you know, there are some teams out there that they still want to give heavy minutes to their starters, so they just play a little bit slower and allow those starters to get a little bit more rest and, you know, not as taxing on the legs and the body as it could be. So those are two things that you could see this week when teams switch up their logic for Feast Week. Now, I will say also, I think mid-major teams play Feast Week a little bit harder than uh, Power 5 or Power 6 teams, I should say. Because you look at a team like a Dayton or a Loyola Chicago or a San Diego State, like this is their opportunity to get big time power six wins. You know, they're not going to have a whole lot of those after this week. So they want to get everything out of this week that they possibly can. And they're going to go all out to try to win those games. Now, last thing before we start talking about the actual teams is be careful when looking at game logs, when you're looking at um, fantasy production, because there's a big difference in games that teams have played so far when you consider that some of them are against like 
very low Division One opponents. Some of them can be against Division Two and Division Three opponents, and then some of them are actually against you know level competition. So when you're doing that, try to identify the games that are going to be the most like the one that you are picking. So if I've got an even matchup, I'm going to try to find in that game log a game that's close, and that's going to kind of fit the script of what I'm going to see in the game that I'm picking players for. I hope that makes sense. Also, keep in mind that we're still in November, so everything is still a small sample size. So we still don't really have as good of a picture as we will in the coming months as to how rotations are going to shake out, as to how usage rates are going to shake out, and as to how good teams actually are. So uh, just keep that in mind when you are picking these games. All right, so let's start off with the first holiday tournament that is kicking off today, and it is running Monday through Wednesday, and that is the Cayman Islands Classic. The first team in the Cayman Islands Classic is Illinois State, the Redbirds. They're currently 256 in Ken Palm, 336 in Tempo. So one thing that I'm doing those two ratings for is in terms of targeting games, it's going to matter a lot. So we want to pick a team that is not a – when we're targeting an opponent, we want to pick a team that is not good, but they play fast. You see what I'm saying? Because that means that there's going to be a lot of opportunity to score points against those teams. We want to avoid the teams that are in the 300s in the tempo, regardless of how good they are, because it means that those games are going to be slow and there's not going to be as much scoring. So back to Illinois State. They only go about eight deep. They don't really get a whole lot out of their bench. Kendall Lewis is their stat sheet stuffer. He averages 16 and 12 per game. And then Seneca Knight is an interesting play. He's a 3 and D guy who gets a lot of minutes, but hasn't really scored a whole lot in those minutes. Give me the guy that gets a lot of minutes over the guy that doesn't any day of the week. Next up is LSU. They are currently 49 in Ken Palm, and they're ranked 218 in tempo. They use their bench a lot, but they do have a clear big three, and that is Adam Miller, Justice Hill, and K.J. Williams. They're the only three players LSU has that average double-digit points, and they're the only three players LSU has that averages over 22 minutes per game. Akron is 127 in Kempom and 354 in Tempo. Now, they have a big two, and that is Xavier Castaneda and Enrique Freeman. They really kind of take up for most of the production and most of the usage of this team and those two players. Now, I do think there are a few values, especially with um, – them playing on the early slate this Monday. I like Greg Tribble, and I really like Nate Johnson at 3300 Anytime you can go down to $3,300 on DraftKings and get a guy who is guaranteed minutes and guaranteed production, that's a pretty good process, honestly. So Nate Johnson, a guy I like from Akron. Western Kentucky is 96 in Ken Palm and 163 in Tempo. So they got two guys that are near the top of the board for them, and that is McKnight and Sharp. They're both really high options. Well, both high-priced options, I should say. But they're both really solid, too. You can do much worse than picking either of them. Now, two of my favorite values on the Monday slate are Western Kentucky players, and that is Jarris Hamilton and Luke Frampton. They're both in the $5,000 range on DraftKings, and they both see steady minutes and fantasy points. So um, if you're looking to fill out your lineup with some values, Jarris Hamilton and Luke Frampton of Western Kentucky. Next up is Nevada. They are 102 in Kempom, and they are 148 in Tempo. Keenan Blackshear, in my opinion, is a bit of a misprice. He's got over 22 fantasy points in every game so far. And then K.J. Himes is another interesting one from Nevada. He has more fantasy points per game than minutes per game, which is not something we see a whole lot. Tulane is 64 in Kempom and 81 in Tempo, one of the faster teams in the Cayman Islands Classic. Colin Holloway 
in my opinion, should be priced up much near Kevin Cross, who is Tulane's highest price player. I think that Holloway is a better scorer, and Holloway is going to be the guy that when they need buckets down the stretch, that's the guy who the ball is going to be in his hands. Uh, Jalen Cook is also a good scorer, but Jalen Cook doesn't do a whole lot else. So I think that Colin Holloway is probably the guy I would look at if I'm playing somebody on too late. Rhode Island, ranked 172 in Kempom and 197 in Tempo. This is a first-year coaching team. They've got Archie Miller there now at Rhode Island, former Dayton and Indiana head coach. They're not very deep at all. They get a lot out of their starting five. They don't get a whole lot out of their bench. And even when those bench guys go in the game, they pretty much just stand there. They're not really having the ball in their hands. They're not really contributing a whole lot. Now, Ishmael Leggett is a super high usage player. He's like their main engine offensively. And honestly, I think they also have another one of the best values on the slate, and that is Sebastian Thomas at 4,400. He has one bad game, which has kept his price down, and he has two games over 27 fantasy points. I also think that Louis Hutchinson, or maybe it's Lewis Hutchinson, is worth a dart throw at 4,100 fantasy points. He had 21, or I'm sorry, 4,100 hours on DraftKings. He had 21 fantasy points in his last outing, which if you're going to give me 21 fantasy points at that price tag, I'll take it any day of the week. Next up is Kansas State. This is the last team in the Cayman Islands Classic. They are 66 in Ken Palm. They are 158 in tempo. And I'll be honest, the only guy I'm interested in playing on Kansas State is Keontae Johnson, the Florida transfer. He's $8,200, and he has at least 34 fantasy points in every game that was not a blowout so far this season. All right, that does it for the Cayman Islands Classic. we got three more tournaments we're going to talk about that are running Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So buckle up. we got two more coming, but let's take a quick break. Next up on the docket is the Fort Myers tip-off. And games will be played Monday and Tuesday for this. we got four teams on this side of the bracket. There is another four-team bracket that's going to be playing a little bit later. But this one is playing Monday through Tuesday. There's four teams in the bracket, and games will be at night for this. So they will be appearing in the night slates. I honestly think this is one of the more interesting um, four-team tournaments there is, honestly. Um, first up is Georgia Tech, coached by Josh Pastner. They are 112 in Ken Palm, and they are 122 in Tempo. They're a fairly balanced team, and they have played some really weird games. A lot of their players have really weird, inconsistent production. Like, if you look at the game logs, there's guys that go from, like, 30 to 5 the next game in terms of fantasy points. So I don't quite know what to make of Georgia Tech just yet. What I do think is I do think that Davion Smith is probably their best player and should be priced as their best option, but he's not. Debo Coleman is my absolute favorite play for them. He's got at least 28 fantasy points and, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. He's got at least 28 minutes and 19 fantasy points in every game. So Debo Coleman is the guy from the Yellow Jackets that I would be most interested in playing. On night one, Georgia Tech plays Utah, who is currently 74 in Kempom and 265 in Tempo. Brandon Carlson is absolutely their guy. He is like their main guy offensively. He does a lot on the boards, and everybody else just kind of revolves around him, and he's priced like it. He's pretty pricey if you want to get to him on DraftKings. Now, Utah's point guard, Roley Webster. Maybe it's Raleigh Webster. I'm going to go Roley. Roley Webster is $5,000 on DraftKings, and he has played his best so far this season in close games, not in blowouts. So, you know, holiday tournament. Two teams ranked decently similar in Ken Palm. This should be a pretty close game. Roley Webster is a guy I would absolutely look at. $5,000 on DraftKings. 
Next up is Mississippi State. They are ranked 28 in Ken Palm and 316 in Tempo. Tolu Smith and DJ Jeffries are both really solid players, but they're really high price tags. I don't know if I'm going to get there on either of them. Now, they do have a guy who gets the rare on DraftKings guard slash forward designation, meaning you can play him literally any spot in your lineup, and that is Cameron Matthews, and he's $4,800. He's a guy I would strongly consider because not only do you get the versatility of you can put him at that guard or that forward spot if you need to, but he isn't relying on his scoring, and he's got over 22 fantasy points in three out of four games. So a uh, very interesting option there, Cameron Matthews. Marquette is a really good team to target because they are ranked 68 in Ken Palm and 15 in Tempo. Shaka Smart, second-year head coach there, he has these guys playing his Havoc system, and they are running in transition, and it's good basketball to watch, and they're not a bad team. My two favorite plays for them are Oso Igadaro and Cam Jones. If you're looking at game logs, look at the Purdue game to see how the usage will play out. That was their really one close game so far, and... You know, I think you get a pretty good picture of how their rotations and how their usage rates are going to shake out based off of that game. David Joplin, in my opinion, is worth a look also in addition to Igadaro and Jones. David Joplin had 33 fantasy points in that Purdue game, so that definitely makes him a viable candidate to see extended run in this one and to have a chance to repeat that performance. Next up is the 2K Empire Classic. This is another four-team tournament. Games will be played Monday and Tuesday. Richmond is the first team in, and they are currently ranked 91 in Ken Palm and 308 in Tempo. Tyler Burton is their best returning player. They had a really senior-laden team last year that lost a lot of guys, a lot of production, and Tyler Burton is their best returner. He's a guy that plays the three and the four, and he can really do it all. Their first game in this 2K Empire Classic is against Syracuse, and we know all, we all know Syracuse runs 2-3 zone all night long. Tyler Burton, in my opinion, is a great guy to use as a high post player in that zone. He's got a good mid-range game. He's good with the ball in his hands. He makes good decisions. So I think he's a guy that could really explode tonight in this game against Syracuse. Matt Grace is another really solid option at $4,000. He's another one of their big returning pieces from last year's NCAA tournament team. But he's currently listed as questionable, and I don't really have a great read on the situation to know if he plays or not. I would suggest looking it up on Twitter before game time. If Grace misses this game, Isaiah Bigelow is immediately interesting. Bigelow had 40 fantasy points when Grace missed the last game. So if Grace plays at 4K, I think he's absolutely an option. If he does not, Bigelow is a really good option, but I'm not playing Bigelow if Grace does, in fact, play. Richmond's opponent tonight is Syracuse, and they're ranked 55 in Ken Palm and 212 in Tempo. For Syracuse, I'll be honest, I don't really like a lot of the pricing on their guys. John Gerard and Jacob Edwards are their two best players, but they're expensive. And I'm not sure if I'm trying to pay up for a team that's going to play slow-tempo games because they run zone all night long. The guy I'm most likely to play on Syracuse is honestly Benny Williams at $5,000 on DraftKings. St. John's is a team that we definitely want to get in our lineups because they're currently 34 in Ken Palm and 6 in Tempo. So they have three guys that are all near the top that are all really solid options in my opinion, and that is Jones, Alexander, and Soriano. I think stacking possibly two of these guys together would be a really good strategy because with that tempo rating being six, we know that they're going to score a lot of points. We know that they're going to get up and down the floor. More possessions equals more fantasy points. Now outside of those three, Andre Carbello is probably the most interesting play. He's a transfer from Illinois who can be really boom or bust. He turns the ball over 
quite a lot, but he also does a lot of really creative things with the basketball in his hands. So, you know, very high upside, high risk player in there in Andre Corbello. Last team in the 2K Empire Classic is Temple. Temple is currently 90 in Ken Palm and 246 in Tempo. David Dunn is their guy. And honestly, given the fact that they are the one of the lower teams in this field in Tempo, they're going to have Tempo up games in these two games coming up. So it means that they have a chance at increased production. Jameel Reynolds at $5,700 is my favorite play on this team. In my opinion, he should be the second Temple Owl in terms of pricing, and he's not. And I think at $5,700, he's really affordable. Really good option there, Jameel Reynolds. All right, so we got only one more tournament to cover. Some of you might be able to guess what it is, but let's take a quick breather and then get back to our last holiday tournament for this episode. All right, the last tournament that we get to talk about is the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. Games will be played Monday through Wednesday, and for the most part, games are later in the day until Wednesday. Wednesday, they shift to being pretty darn early because keep in mind, it is in Hawaii, Hawaii time zone. Um, So... We got eight teams here. This is the most quality of the holiday tournaments, in my opinion. Um, Battle for Atlantis Wednesday through Friday is pretty tough as well, but I would say that this one is probably the best one. So starting off, the early games, we're going to go from early to late based off of the day one schedule. Texas Tech is up first. They are 26 in Kempom. They are 266 in Tempo. I've talked about them here on the podcast before. You know, with their head coach, Mark Adams, they're a defensive-minded team. They play a deep rotation, and they play games that are rock fights. Texas Tech games usually end in the 50s and 60s, not the 70s and 80s. So this is kind of a team that we don't really want to target a whole lot because they're going to play slow tempo, and they play a lot of guys, so the minutes can be really inconsistent. But a guy that I really like for Texas Tech is Davion Harmon. I really like him more in big-time matchups because he is their best offensive player. He's the guy that makes the offense go. I feel the same way about Kevin O'Banner. Kevin O'Banner, when he was at Oral Roberts a few years back, was their second-best offensive option behind Max Asmus and scored a lot in those games, so we know he has the ability to score. Daniel Bacho is the third guy I would consider. He is a big who does a lot of the dirty work, doesn't necessarily contribute a whole lot scoring, but rebounds, block shots, assists. He does all that stuff really well. Texas Tech's opponent in Game 1 is going to be Creighton. Creighton is currently 23 in Kempom and 215 in Tempo. Creighton is super starting five heavy. Starting five play a lot of minutes. Starting five get a lot of production. They don't really get a whole lot out of their bench. And that starting five is Kalkbrenner, Shireman, Kaluma, Nemhard, and Alexander. Honestly, Alexander is probably my favorite play of those five due to his cost and due to his upside. Next up is Louisville. Louisville is 123 in Kenpom and 216 in Tempo. This season has been a disaster so far for Louisville. They started off in the preseason with a loss to Lenore Ryan, who's a Division II school in North Carolina, in a scrimmage. And then it hasn't really gotten any better. They have not won a game so far this season. And honestly, when you look at this team, they have nobody who is dependable in terms of production outside of L. Ellis. I will probably be avoiding Louisville altogether, at least on night one at least until I can determine there's another Louisville Cardinal that can do something with the basketball in their hands that's productive outside of LLS. Arkansas is currently 14 in Ken Palm and 52 in Tempo. They're the second fastest Tempo team in this Maui Invitational field. They are similar to Creighton in terms of their production with their starting five, but I like the pricing and the Tempo better 
out of this Arkansas team than I do out of that Creighton team. In my opinion, all the starting five for Arkansas are playable. For Creighton, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't like the price tags right now for Creighton. For Arkansas, that starting five is Brazil, Council, Black, Davis, and Makai Mitchell. In my opinion, Council has really been the consistent option, and he's probably my pick if I'm going to play one. I also like Makai Mitchell, especially in a matchup where he doesn't really have a whole lot of bigs to compete with. Ohio State is the next team up. They're currently ranked 29 in Ken Palm and 221 in Tempo. Zed, Key, and Ice Likely are their two most productive players. And honestly, they're very affordable on DraftKings for being their two most productive players. So those are two guys I would definitely consider for the Buckeyes all week long. San Diego State is 17 in Ken Palm, and they're 155 in Tempo. Now, San Diego State, they're another team that, like Texas Tech, they play rock fights. They are a very good defensive team. They don't get their games up in the 70s and 80s very often. Darion Trammell is their bucket getter. So I think, you know, when, when you look at playing these close games in the holiday tournaments, I think that he's the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands quite a lot. Nathan Mensa is their big, and he's a great rim protector down low. Honestly, I'm not really interested in anybody else in San Diego State unless they show me some on Monday or Tuesday. Cincinnati is 63 in Ken Palm and 207 in Tempo. Now, keep in mind that because Cincinnati and Arizona play the late game tonight, um, I have not seen a price for them yet. They are not on the night slate. They might be on a late night slate that comes out later today. David DeJulius is their best player, and he's priced like it the last time I saw a pricing on him. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up in terms of pricing, but last time he was fairly expensive. Landers Nawi is also a very productive player. Seems like he's been playing college basketball for a long time, and I think this is his third school. Jeremiah Davenport is very versatile and could be worth a shot. Now I haven't seen his price tag, but he's a guy that fills up the stat sheet in a variety of ways. Victor Lacken is their big man. And then Micah Adams-Woods is another distributing guard that contributes a lot via assists. Arizona is currently ranked number 12 in Ken Palm and number one in Tempo. That is not a fluke either. I believe they were number one in Tempo last season also. They have played very little competition so far this season, but they have scored 95 points in every game so far. For Arizona, Azulis Tubelis is a versatile, skilled stretch four. He's a very interesting player, very entertaining to watch. Omar Ballo is the muscle down low who's kind of replacing that Christian Coloco role. He's a great rim protector. He already has 2.3 blocks per game. Pell Larson is a guy that fills the stat sheet in a variety of ways. He's kind of filling in that Benedict Matherin role that they had last year. Um, not quite as effective as Matherin was, but still a very solid player and still another guy that you can definitely get into your lineups. And then last one for Arizona that I want to talk about is Kerr Creesa. He's an outstanding distributor who so far this season is averaging eight assists per game in 24 minutes per game. Honestly, looking at the box scores, looking at the stat sheets, I'm not really interested in anyone outside of those four on Arizona unless they show me that they're going to give me consistent minutes and production. All right, so there you have it. We previewed the Cayman Islands Classic, the 2K Empire Classic, the Fort Myers tip-off, and the Maui Invitational. Quite a lot, right? 24 teams were talked about on this podcast. So hopefully I gave you guys a lot of names that you can be putting in or out of your lineups over these next three days. But those 24 teams are going to be the ones that are in action and in the DraftKings slates for the next three days. So hopefully I gave you enough information to use and build your lineups accordingly. All right, so like I said, 
I will be back this week. We're going to be doing college football and NFL as well as another college basketball show. I don't know what the schedule looks like just yet, so stay tuned. Pay attention to that podcast feed. If you like what you're hearing, rate and subscribe. It really, really does help me out, and I really do appreciate it. And also help me get the word out. Tell your friends about this podcast. Anybody who's new or interested in playing daily fantasy sports, I do college basketball, college football, and NFL, and it really, really is a great podcast to listen to if you're new to daily fantasy sports. All right, enough about me. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, I will be back later on this week. Stay tuned to the podcast feed. Follow me on Twitter for updates as well. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.